welcome to season two of Real Estate Renovators. After such a successful season one, we thought we'd come back, but spice it up a little this time, right, Rexy? We're changing it and we're back. So season two, new format, new guest, new co-host, same dress, but... Okay. I worn this outfit once, <laughs> once, and I was hoping no one would pick up on it, right? I reminded them. Tell us about our new host, Rexy. We have a new host. Some may remember him from season one, if they watch it, I personally didn't, but uh, I've known Bill for unfortunately too long. Um, he has had an interesting career in growth, I suppose. It will be the growth guru, a new growth guru. Um, he started off in banking, then went to real estate, grew a real estate company, sold it to an ASX listed entity. Somehow became a CEO of an A60 entity. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. Through hard work, I think. He had good advisors myself. Um, then he converted the real this ASX listed company to a mining company. Um, they probably realized he doesn't know much about mining, so <laughs> they got rid of him. <laughs> For good payout, I think. Um, and now he's the chief revenue officer for one of the largest um property tech companies in real estate. Bloody hell, what a career. No wonder he lost all of his hair, right? <laughs> I just want to, before we move forward and, and Bill starts talking, I just want to address an elephant in the room and it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> now, everyone, everyone viewing at home, I know you're really excited. It's not Jason Statham, but we refer to him <laughs> as the wish version of Jason Statham. Bill, great to have you on thank, our show. Thank you. And it's, it's a common mistake that people make. They they compare me to Jason Statham. It's that, you know, tall, lean frame, chiseled body. You know, it's anyone could make that mistake, I'm sure. A lot of people have body dysmorphia, <laughs> but not the other way around. <laughs> All right. So so thank you very much for the intro. Look, I'm super excited to be here. It's, it's such a great show. And I watched most of the episodes last year. Sounds like you didn't, Rexy, but I, I watched a lot of them. So I know all about your drinking problem. I know all about you being some Persian princess, which, which I just learned this time around. Did you watch um, the episode she got me to a headlock? Yeah, I did. I did. It was great viewing. <laughs> um, but this, this time around, we've got a great new format as well. So um, some great guests, all-star guest list, really. Some you know, heads of industry, Amazon bestsellers. Um, so it's going to be a great season. And Channel 9 weather girl, you forgot. That's Well, you pointed to me. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, the Channel 9 weather girl. The aspirational Channel 9 weather girl. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be an exciting season and the interviews are fantastic. New way of doing the interviews as well. So it's all about the guests and it's going to be great to give some really strong content um, to the real estate um, professionals out there to hopefully help you improve your businesses. Absolutely. Our Rex first guest, we're starting off with bang, I think. Um, first best... First guest uh, <laughs> is the vessel. First guest is Simon Baker. Um, those who may or may not know of Simon Baker by name will definitely know what he's done. So he's the man that behind realestate.com.au and the expansion. I think when he started, and he'll tell you more in his interview, um, it was with 20 people. Um, $8 million $8 market million cap. $8 market cap. And then he sold it with... One billion, one yeah, billion. He left when it was about a one billion dollar market. Cap, yeah, so a little bit um, of growth. <laughs> and the new format is couch interviews, one on one, um, just so we can avoid Chanel doing anything to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and to kick it off, I think Bill was first up because uh, Bill, you know Simon from a different way as well. Yeah, just a little bit. So Simon, Simon's my boss's boss. So. I got to ask him some hard-hitting questions. Not really. Um, don't want to lose my job. But, um, but no, it, was, um, yeah, it was really good to get a good insight from him. He's a, uh, you know, if you're if you're in property technology and real estate, you know, you know, you'll you'll once you hear what he's done, you'll know a lot of the businesses that he's ran and he's grown. And it's been it was a really really invigorating interview. And not only was it that good, that we're actually going to spread it out over two episodes. Yeah. 
that's how good that is. It was that good. Now, guys, don't get confused. He does look like a Hollywood director. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the case. Don't you know he looks like a Hollywood director? He does. He does. He's just he like, does. you know, when we had him on our show, he walked into the room and everyone was like, oh. Like, you know, he just had this awe and air I'm about not sure him. If I had that, but I think you may have. So, so but let's let, let the guest decide. The, the interview was more a casting couch than a. Yeah, like he was just chill, laid back. He just got right into it. I, I really enjoyed that episode. And I think our audience is going to take a lot from the man who started and has, you know, projected the success of realestate.com.au. Let's take it away, shall we? Let's go. Okay, Simon. So, welcome, and it's great to meet you in person. Thanks, Bill. Now, for those that don't know, I'm the Chief Operating Officer of PropTech Group and Simon's the Chairman of the Board. So today's my chance to ask some hard-hitting questions, Simon, so be ready. So the first question I want to ask is um, not so hard-hitting, uh, but tell us a bit about your days at realestate.com, taking the business from effectively what was a small business at the time and growing it into a, a really a global empire. So let's, uh, let's give some context. This is back in uh, 2000. I got involved in realestate.com.au. In those days, the business was about six million in revenues, four to six million in revenues, so very, very small. It had a market cap of about $8 million. And uh, funnily enough, came within a couple of weeks of closing its doors for lack of cash. And I got involved when News Corp did the investment back then, they, and they only put in $2.25 million and, and a lot of marketing spend. And then over the course of eight years, we built it from a very, very small business, and when I left, it was about a hundred and 55 odd million in revenues, profitable, and about a billion dollar market cap. And that journey, you, you learn a lot about how to build a business. And it probably comes down to sort of three really key things. The first was um, know your customer, understand your customer. And in this case, it's Australian real estate agents in those days, um, developers, and it was really understanding what it is that they needed to really market property as well. So that's the first thing, success. If you don't really understand what your customer wants and can't communicate it well to them, then it's very hard to be successful. The second thing was building products that were easy to use and easy to understand. So, you know, in those days, it was all about how do I market a property, but they've got property, they've, you know, their listings were maybe not in digital format. I remember the days where we used to receive via mail every day, photographs, okay, and handwritten text for the listings and we would literally scan and upload them right and it was about understanding the customer and making sure that product worked and then giving them access to self-serve over time which then clearly rolls into CRM systems um, that we see today like you know the my desktops and the vaults of the world and I think the third thing that that was really key to success was building a strong team by having that strong team around people who shared the vision and we, when I joined, there was maybe 20 people in the business, and we were actually operating in a, uh, a car showroom on Whitehorse Road in Box Hill, okay, which is a long way from where it is today, having its own building that it actually, I think it owns. Okay? And, and we built that team from about 20 people. In fact, we actually went from 20, 25 down to about 15, because there's always some dead wood in the place. And then we grew it back up, and by the time I left, we had... Uh, for four, three, four hundred people across about eight countries because we expanded internationally in that mm -hmm. time. So the lessons are really around understand your customer, make sure your product is fit for purpose, and then thirdly, build a strong team that can deliver that product to those customers. 
And you know, realestate.com at the time was the first real classified business in real estate that succeeded. Was it timing or was it, did this business have something special about it that you thought made it the, the top player and has continued to be so for you know, the last 20 years odd? Yeah, so, so bit of history. First of all, it wasn't the first. There, there were businesses before it. Uh, Domain was around, uh, or good, three, four years before REA. Um, and the difference was that um, Domain was operating within the newspaper world. So they had multiple masters and multiple requirements they had to serve. You know, they were fighting against their own businesses for print advertising versus online advertising. Whereas at realestate.com.au, we didn't have that limitation. Yes, News Corp was an owner, but they just let us run how we wanted to run until we clearly got too big and then they wanted to clearly think about how we ran. Um, and in that process, what was interesting is we were able to do things very innovatively. We didn't care. We, we attacked print. We, don't, we didn't care. We didn't have to preserve revenues. And we got very innovative in how we did our marketing. You know, uh, we got very good with offers that we, we, we presented to the customer. Sign up today, go on a chance to win a holiday. Go and We did lots yeah. of very innovative things. And we didn't have a problem about being um, quite aggressive in our marketing of the product. So if someone wasn't using us, we would go to them and say, hey, you're not using us, we think you should be using us. Then we would go and talk to their advertisers. So we would be finding ways in which we could get cut through. And I think it's through that combination of not having any constraints, plus having a focus on an outcome. And, and the outcome was very simple. Sign up more agents as customers. That's it. It was one metric that we looked at day in, day out for about three to four years. Yeah, and it's, it's now become a, um, an almost a non-negotiable, you know, vendor paid advertising piece, right? Everyone, every single agent, every single property just about gets, gets um, listed on realestate.com. It's quite amazing how that business has grown. Yeah, so, so fortunately, when you establish yourself as being a, a strong player, a, you know, you're, there's gas, water, electricity and, and REA or domain, <laughs> depending on where you are, um, you can't afford not to use it. Yeah. Now, the, the, the double-edged sword, right? The double-edged sword is, well, you turn it on, you don't have to really think about it, but at the same time, the prices can go up quite aggressively. And we've seen that happen. Yep. You know, in, in, in the, in the, when I started, it was $125 a month. That was the total cost that people were paying. Nowadays, it's in the, the tens of thousands a month, right? Or the thousands, if not more. And, and what's happened is, you've seen that it's gone from an all-you-can-pay listing so all you can use listing for one price. And then it's about all the bolt-ons. You want to be on the first page, you want to be the biggest ad, you want to be a guaranteed top spot. It's all these extra things that get added in the process. That's how these businesses that are the gas, the water, electricity can extract more value from the customers. Now what's interesting is that it's not just the agents who are paying. Because in many countries around the world, it's the agents who pay. Here it's passed through to the vendors. Yeah. Right? The vendors are paying as part of their marketing. And when you're talking to someone who's selling, what's the average price? One, 1.5 million, some crazy number, right? <laughs> and you're paying 10%, $10,000 marketing plan. You can be convinced quite easily to spend three, four, five thousand 5,000 on yeah. a single ad in an online vehicle. Yeah, it makes sense and certainly um, there's, a, there's some discomfort in, in, that, in the space in Australia around the strength that REA's got in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So that's great to hear about how REA went, but um, since REA, it's been, been a while now, you've had a lot of other successful businesses. 
What are the traits that you find in, you know, obviously you've been mostly in technology and technology businesses to make them succeed. And what are the kind of, uh, from an agent standpoint, what are the kind of technologies do you think that in Australia, especially, but even in the global marketplace where will be the, the main drivers of growth in, 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 the, in the real estate market? All right, so there's sort of a couple of questions there. Let's, let's start with the first. I've been involved in, 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 I think I've got about 30 different investments at the moment. Plus, I've been either chairman of um, listed companies or, un or I've been uh, advisors to unlisted companies. And when you, when you boil it down, it, it comes down to sort of you know, three, maybe four key things that, that are important. And surprisingly enough, not surprisingly enough, they're actually very similar to the earlier days. Uh, one, one is they've got to have a, a, a clear market to go after. Right? So if you're, if you're running a, a portal in a certain country, um, they might have a lot of agents, but the agents don't spend any on marketing. Well, that's not a clear market to go after. That's a very hard thing because you're trying to change consumer behavior or buyer behavior. Mm. So, so clarity on the market. And, and I think as long as you're not trying to change what people do, but just make what they do better, easier, faster, more efficient, you can make good money. As long as they're willing to pay. Yeah. That's the important thing. Uh, the second thing is your product has got to be great. Not just good, great. And it's got to make life super easy for the customer. And if I look you know, across the various markets, and I'm involved in businesses from Brazil to Russia to Turkey at the moment, right? And, and then look at each one of them. The, the, the issue's the same. They've got to have a good product, and that's got to be good for the consumer. You know, the consumer can search for real estate in this case. Secondly, it's got to be good for the advertiser, the agent, or the developer. So it's easy to use. They don't have to think too much. The ad goes up, and they get the results. Um, so those things have to work really well together. And then uh, I think the third thing I see is consistent amongst all these is they build a very strong team with a very strong view of what they're trying to achieve. So if I, I'm thinking at the moment of, of, of um, this company in, in Russia I work with called Sian. It's the REA of Russia. Think of it this yep. way, right? Uh, and uh, they're, they're going to list on the NASDAQ soon, right? And what they're very good is run by a guy called Max, and he's very clear on what he wants to achieve. And they don't go too far out of their lane. They don't try to be too many things too quickly. They're very focused on dominating that Russian market with the advertising models for real estate agents. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what I think are the, 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 the traits. You know, the yep. traits are very simple. Is, is, a, is, a, is a very good team with clarity of purpose and mission, um, a very good product, and, and, and a very good understanding of the market you're operating in and making sure that market has the capacity to buy your products. So that's sort of the first chunk. The second chunk you talked about is is sort of you know technology and where is it going? Yeah. Okay. Now in that case, it's it's very interesting. Technology is not going to have less impact on real estate agency. It's going to have more impact on real estate agency. So if you're an agent out there and you're wondering you know what to do with technology, the answer is embrace. Mm. Not just a little bit, a lot, because it's not going away. It's not going to go back to the days of doing things with flip charts and um, you know. You know, Excel spreadsheets or whatever. It's no, no, no. It's it's the embracing of that technology, and it's not just technology around advertising. It's about technology about running the business from the moment you talk to a vendor or or look for vendors right through to when you close a transaction and receive your commission. And that complete end-to-end -end process, whether it's around sales, or rentals, commercial, residential, doesn't matter. Okay, it's getting more and more and more. Um, technology driven so that the moments of truth 
where a person has a conversation with a person become less and less. Um, but they're the moments that create a lot of value. Yeah. And what's driving that is the, the clear the availability of the technology, but COVID has driven it. I mean, we're now all sitting in our homes in, in some form of lockdown, if you're in Australia, right? Um, and you're going, well, this is actually a lot easier than I thought. Yes, it's hard in some respects, but I can get my food delivered to the house. I can go and do this click and collect. And suddenly I'm very much embracing. You've seen internet-based stocks go through the roof because people have embraced um, technology from buying or even communicating, running meetings. I mean, here we are chatting face to face, yeah. but most of the time we're just like, you know, on, on Zoom or on a, on a WhatsApp call. No. So, so I think in that circumstance, um, it's the embracing of technology. Now, having decided to embrace it as an agency, the next really important thing to do is work out what elements do I need and then how do I use them and how do I build them into everyday parts of life. And what we're seeing around the world is that more and more agents are handing over technology to technology, managing the parts of their business. You know, an email comes in requesting some information. No longer do they sit there and write an answer. It's automatically done by a bot. Mm. And the answer's sent back to them, yeah. back to the, 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 the potential buyer or the seller. And so they're taking away all those things that used to fill up their day that were not really productive replacing with technology so that their day becomes far more productive. Yep. And it's, it's about, you know, we, we talk about this every day and in my day-to-day -day job in PropTech is about technology doesn't replace people. It takes over the mundane tasks that we're obviously not, probably not great at and also don't, don't have to have a personal touch in them. And it gives us more time to do the things that are important which are spend time with our clients and help our clients on a day-to-day -day basis. Such an interesting guy, Simon Baker. I took so much from his conversation. He's literally like an encyclopedia of knowledge. One thing that I took from what he said was know your customer. And I think that's important in every business, right? Yeah. I think that goes down to his three keys to success, what you spoke about. One of them was know your customer. Now, you're right. If you know exactly who your customer is, you can tailor your service or your product for your customer. Yeah. Um, I think number two was um, the product has to be fit for purpose. Correct. Which is, again, so important, not just in real estate, but in any business. Yeah. All of these points are. Yeah. And the third one was, uh, for memories, build a strong team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which, without your team, what can you really achieve? You know? Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, being in recruitment, having a strong team is the fundamentals of success. You can have the greatest product, the best service on the market, but if you don't have a team behind you that's growing it, and, and they have a buy-in and the same vision as you, that business will not grow. Do you agree, Bill? Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what, what's a key to a good team or a good business, our culture, all these kind of things. And culture is really important. But what is culture if it's not building a strong team, right? Yeah. It's about it's about building, finding the right people that, that fit within the, the framework of your business and with, fit within the culture of your business and then growing it from there. And you can see with realestate.com, they weren't they said they weren't the first to do to do to do what they do domain was well before them they just did it better and that's because they had the best people they knew their they knew their customer really really well and they grew that business you know rapidly. i really love that because i think people are obsessed with being the first business to do something it's not about being the first one to do it it's about doing it better than anyone else can right uh, rexy and if you know if you know what your business is you know what your customers are you know your product your product fits those customers 
it just flows through so much nicer. Correct. Um, Another topic that I think he mentioned as well that really sort of projected the growth of realestate.com was the marketing side of things. You know, mm, he went mm. ham on marketing. He was cold calling everyone. You know, back back then, we didn't have social media and LinkedIn and Facebook and all these tools that could grow your business or you could pay to sponsor a post or pay influencers to, you know, promote a brand if we're talking about, you know, e-commerce or, or a product. He literally had to go out there and bring on customers and he really talks about that aggressive marketing. And what I took from that and what I've never done before um, is that not just the aggressive marketing, but going to your customers and asking them, why aren't you using me? And being you know, vulnerable and inviting that feedback. Have you done that before? Never done it before. Why? Um, don't know, I've never done it before. I think it's something I might do now. Well, you haven't um, had to, I think, Rex. I think that's there's some businesses where you've, you've probably you get a lot of referrals from people like me um, and others, a lot of other people. If you don't need to do it, it makes sense not to have done it. but. You know, a lot of the businesses that I've started, which are more transactional businesses, not service-based service, service -based businesses, you have to be aggressive in marketing. You have to be aggressive in asking for business. And I, I kind of relate to that product-based advertising field, a lot of the stuff that I've done transactional. And really, you do have to be aggressive in that marketing. Mm. You know, with, with, with your businesses, obviously, you're so great at what you do. And it's a service-based industry. You get a lot of referral. But... You know, that probably isn't the same for most other businesses. Because again, if we're drawing it back to when Simon created realestate.com, they didn't have social media and LinkedIn. Like I would argue, Rex, that you do market your business aggressively, but you're doing it in a mm. way that's different to how they did 20 years ago. You're active on Instagram, you're active on LinkedIn, you're active on Facebook. Everyone knows who you are. This show within itself is a form of marketing. And this is a tool that they didn't have 20 years ago when realestate.com so, was coming to the market, right? Yeah, so that goes back to, you know, in the real estate world now, you know, do you, do you, you know, going out and hitting the phones and smashing out 100 calls a day to all the vendors in your area is one way to do it and probably still, still completely valid. But also there is a lot of other ways to do it as well. And, you know, Rex has proven that you can do it through social media and, you know, there's other ways to generate um, interest now and becoming that thought leader in your area or in your patch um, can definitely be another way to market your business. Absolutely. If I was to draw back to when I started Titanium Recruitment, not to bring it all back to me, as <laughs> I have unlike you. Have <laughs> I know, I'm such an introvert, aren't I? <laughs> um, but if I was to draw it back to when I started Titanium Recruitment, I had a great product and I had a great service, but no one knew who I was at that point. So I smashed the phones, I, I went ham on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, there's so many ways to market my business that's now, I guess, got it to the success that it is now. And I think what a lot of businesses might lack is that they don't go, they're not aggressive on their marketing. They're not asking people why they're not using them. They're not being forward thinkers in their marketplace. And I think that's something our audience can really take from Simon. Yes, he's a he is the fund of, like he is the the picture of success right now, right? I mean, the guy lives in Monaco for God's sake. Like, <laughs> not everyone lives in Monaco, but to draw it back, like look at what he had to do to get to that point. I think it's fascinating. And I wonder if it's you know he talks about that you know, earlier that product fit for purpose, right? And then knowing that your product is the best in the industry. I wonder if people don't go out. Yeah, Rex doesn't have to because people are coming to him, right? Um, but I'm guessing in most real estate industries, people people aren't just getting a, an influx of people coming to them. No. I wonder. I wonder if it is a little bit about, do you actually honestly believe that you provide the best service or the best value for mm. money in the marketplace? Is that, is, do you really deep down believe that? Or is that something that's stopping you from smashing the phones and saying to people, hey, you should use me, why aren't you using me? Now, if Simon and his team had such confidence that they had the best product, so that could pick up the phone and honestly ask the client, why aren't you using us? You should be, right? I agree. You know what else he says that I think is really important in most businesses is to have a key metric, one key metric to mm. success in your business. 
What and would you focus on it? And focus on it. What would you say your key metric is? Mine's simple. I've known it from day one. That's why I even started my whole law firm. Um, is I like to help people and I like to learn and grow. Mm. And law is the perfect combination for that because you know you're entrusted with something that's really important to every single customer. It could be something minor for a law firm point of view, but it's important to them and you're helping them. It's yeah. That satisfaction and reward to help someone, it, it can't beat it. It's yeah. not financial. It's an interesting key metric. I like it. <laughs> well done, Ray. Everyone's got a different key metric. I think Several, find I, I, I'm that blinded finds... by the halo above me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the angel feathers that are coming out. Oh, there's even a feather on here. It's a feather of an angel. Uh, that's awesome. What would you say yours is, Bill? Yeah, we're probably, you know, I work for Simon and we've probably got two. <laughs> Not one, but only because we have one key metric. But I guess for us, it's it's twofold. It's about, okay, yeah, how can we win more business, new business, which is important. And we're, we've got such strong market share at the moment. We've got over 40% of the market. It's it's winning new business is going to have some endpoint. Not everyone's going to use you. Um, but really, it's about helping our clients use more of our products and services to create a better business for them. You know, one single point of data entry, one single point of usage of all this software. Um, so that's a, that's a key metric for us. How can we help our clients use more of our products or services to make a better, to create a better business for themselves? What about I you? Like it. Mm, I think I have a couple, to be honest, which kind of defeats the purpose because he says have one key metric. <laughs> Ours would most likely be speed to delivery. We need to deliver our service fast, um, and client satisfaction would be the second one. Like we have to deliver a quality service in a speedy time. So it's the two key metrics that I really focus on in my business and with my team. With your key metric, do mm. you think in any, any business should focus their key metric on the business or on the individuals that run the business? Because my key metric is very personalized to me and I've the same to my whole team, I suppose. That's, that's how we... Depends on the business, yeah. right? Yeah. Depends, uh, for, for us, that wouldn't work, right? Um, that, for us, that wouldn't work because it's a publicly owned business and a lot of different stakeholders. For you, for you that, that would work, right? Well, and I guess it draws back, know your customer. If you know your customer, you know what your key metric is, right? Yeah, and look, you know, uh, to take it back a step as well, you know, we think about key metrics and growing businesses and all that. You know, I've been involved in a lot of businesses and, and my specialty is to grow businesses. That's what I do. Um, but I've never been involved in a business that I am now where it's been so easy to grow the business. Like people want to talk to you. People want to do business with you. Every other business, we've been challenges. Mm. You know, and it's a, I guess your metric changes based on where you're at in your business. You know, we, when previously in other businesses that I've had, it's been all about, okay, how can we catch up to the leaders? You know, what do we have to do? What's that, what's that business growth strategy that we've got? Whereas sometimes with your market leader, that will change. And, you know, um, directs in your space, maybe you become more of a leader in that area. Maybe now you're more around helping people because, you know, you, you've reached a certain level of success, yeah. whereas other people are still growing and maybe when they reach that level. Or was that always your sort of... My view, I never looked at growth. Um, yeah. And learning, looking at Simon's, honestly, I've taken a lot, lot from that. I'm not going to maybe change slightly what I do, but mine has never been about growth for the business. It's been about the customer. Mm. So it's just... Well, when you're confident about your service, it can in some times grow organically as well. Like if you deliver a great service, word of mouth spreads fast. And it does. And that's how businesses can grow. Yeah. I think if you've got an authentic reason for starting a business, it can. It has it has a capacity to be an organic growth. Yeah. Um, I was just concerned that uh, Bill's been focusing so much on the growth of the business that he forgot to grow his hair. <laughs> <laughs> The growth of the business is why I've got no hair. Exactly. That's, so if you is... grow businesses, you forgot to grow your hair. But, but luckily, we have fantastic leaders like Simon, who should probably give his chief revenue officer a fantastic pay rise. So yeah. It's because all the stress comes from me to make him have this amazing lifestyle in Monaco. True but that. But because he's so amazing, we've got a, actually a part two with Simon as well. We do. We do. Yeah. No, we do. it's going to be super exciting. There was so much value from Simon that we had to spread it across two episodes. 
Um, but we hope you have taken a lot from this episode from one of the most, I think, fascinating guests we've had the pleasure of having on our show. We flew down all the way from Monaco just to be a part of real estate renovators, right, guys? Right? Just to meet you. Just to meet, just to meet me. Thank you so much for watching, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Real Estate Renovators. See you guys. See you guys.